I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we are all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Oh my damn, this was a good episode. This episode. You know what? <laughs> Self-care horn going <laughs> off because <laughs> god damn, this was a great episode. It was so great. Dorothy Fortenberry, Oof. I am sorry about all the shit that I've given you. This was, in my opinion, mm-hmm. best episode of the season. Agreed. Maybe best <gasps> episode of the show. Dang. I don't... Listen, I don't... I would, I would need to go back and really, like, think through mm-hmm. the episodes from the previous season mm-hmm. and Which, figure out what happened and, you know... Because, yeah. um, I mean, you know, the, the only thing this didn't have that I love is my James Beard award-winning Martha at Jezebel's. So. <laughs> and, of course, the Doofy Guardian. But we kept kind of putting him in there. So We did not. Okay. You did. I did. And you were a lot more amenable to that in, than usual, which because I will I chalk you. up to such a great episode. It's a great episode. Before we get into really deep dive dissecting season two episode nine smart power smart power which i also have a thing about we'd like to give a shout out to the people who support us on venmo thank you so much to becky silverman jennifer holman christina klein thomas rolch ashley brown katherine ruherdance meg bartosovsky sorry meg katherine huther Erica B. Lindsay Orwig, who's my friend in real life oh. and supports our other podcast, Failure to Launch, and Megan Humphreys. So thank you to all you guys. That is so, so nice of you. Have we already talked about how when we do the Venmo shoutouts, it reminds me of that scene in Wet Hot American Summer where Janine Garofalo is saying, you know, the following campers need to bring their trunks out for early departure. Yes. Amanda Klein. <laughs> Saul... Clipper Hofferman. And she's just like making up names. That's so funny. Well, those are real names. Those are real names. Real people who have donated to our Venmo, which again is Venmo.com slash red all over. Yes. And Um, thank you so much. If you're curious what we do with the Venmo mm -hmm. monies, besides keep Molly and charcuterie and uh, celebrate Shannon's birthday week, Mm -hmm. your Venmo dollars go to helping us ship out our prizes to contest winners keep the lights on podcast hosting wise any necessary upgrades to our recording equipment and our marketing budget so thank you all so much for helping us make red all over a thing thank you very much uh and if they don't have venmo in your country please remember you can donate to a women's charity in our name yes and please let us know and we will give you a shout Shout out out. speaking of which let's move on to facebook shout outs our facebook group is facebook.com slash red all over and a quick thing to announce i'll announce it formally on the page a lot of people have been lamenting that the kind of only discussion groups are the official handmaid's tale discussion group yeah that weird one where they think gilead is great (laughs) it's a little hit or miss out there on facebook and so they're asking if we can start a discussion group and the short answer is no (laughs) the long answer is no Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, And it's not because we have anything against it. We're just too busy to moderate. But the good news is, if you're a Red All Over fan, we give you carte blanche to start a discussion group in our name. Just please make sure you know that it's an unofficial 
yes. right all over discussion group because we, we don't know what y'all are going to get up yeah, to. Yeah, we don't know what you're going to get up to. I'm trying to find a job. Like, you yeah. know, we trust, shit's crazy out there on the internet. We trust you to have good elevated discussions, but we can't curate those discussions on our own Facebook group. So yeah, if you want to start a, a discussion group for listeners of this podcast, you are more than welcome to. But I will say, I love the conversations that we yeah. have on Wednesdays when the episodes go live. I just think that it's a great group of folks who show up and say what they think. And Absolutely. it's a good time and it's always respectful and fun. And it's just really a highlight of my day. Absolutely. You guys are doing great. So let me shout out the people who responded to this thread. Ashley Marie, I think I already did your request. I smashed the self-care horn a bunch. <laughs> And there's more coming, Oh, baby. there's more self-care horn. Hold on to your butts. Kara Wharton says that we're the highlight of her week, <gasps> and she forces her husband to watch it ASAP so that she can listen to us. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Kara. Rachel Caston asks, why does The Handmaid's Tale keep rushing through the relationship building? She wants to see more women in the colonies, more Serena and Offred, and even the Sons of Jacob dynamic would be so interesting. I agree. I think they're rushing because they wasted time on weird things this, this season. So they're like, oh, shit. Uh, oh, uh, this is happening. Yeah, but you know what's fun is I hung out with a baby named Odette. Oh. And that was way more fun than that subplot about Moira trying to find a dead person <laughs> named Odette. Truly. So, yeah, we noticed that, too. I don't know why they're doing it other than that they're running out of time. Well, but they have 10 seasons. Why, why are they rushing, though? Girl, we got questions <laughs> about that, too. Rebecca Bernard wants to know if you'll shout out Ohio. Oh, again. hell yeah. Listen, there have been so many redheads from the Nasty Natty, Cincinnati, Ohio. The nasty Natty. Oh, my God. It's so great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I was a Elmwood Place girl, a Green Hills girl. Uh, <laughs> then we moved to Hartwell. Then we moved to Springfield Township. Then St. Wow. Bernard. Wow. Now my parents live in Evendale. What, what? Wow. But I'm a Valley girl forever. Wow. So anyway, if you feel like we all need to chat, like hit me up on my Facebook wall and we can have a Cincinnati redhead reunion right there. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah. I would go. I love Jungle Gyms. <laughs> you know, I've never been inside. Oh, it's amazing. I know. Everybody says so. And I've literally... No, I was there once as a very small child. Okay, we're going to host the official Redhead Cincinnati meetup at Jungle Gyms. Yeah, uh, that's smart. I would love that. I would fucking... Yeah, my high school best friend lives right by there, too. So die. we could probably, like, grill out in her backyard. Okay, make it happen, guys. <laughs> oh, Melissa Allard says, can you tell us which Handmaid's Tale discussion forum you're on? The one that we bitch about... Pardon me. The one that I bitch about a lot... <laughs> is the official Handmaid's Tale discussion group on Facebook. So it's the one that is like sponsored by Hulu. Yeah. So it's it's Hulu's social media team that moderates it. But it's really, I mean, it's pretty unmoderated. It's just a catch-all. I think it's very, if you're used to the level of discussion that mm -hmm. we have on our Facebook page, which granted swings wildly from which boys do we think are cute to fighting for sex worker rights. If you're used to that level of discussion on our Facebook page, you will be sorely disappointed by the, the official discussion because it is not as elevated, I well, would say. Well, and it's say. just, it's really, to me, the problem is that just people aren't as focused. And a lot of times yeah. it seems like they respond to questions without actually reading them. Absolutely. So, and to give you an example, something that I replied to this morning was somebody was asking, oh my God, can we please stop talking about politics and get back to The Handmaid's Tale? And I'm like, bitch, how can you talk about The Handmaid's Tale and not talk about podcasts? That's so weird. You mean politics? Politics. <laughs> well, but we do always seed the podcast in there wherever possible. 
Yeah, the, and we've gotten some great listeners no, from but I that. Mean, no, and it's like it's self-selecting. It's like if you want to have a coherent discussion about it, there are places for you to go, and our podcast community is one of them. Speaking of which, a new fan from the discussion group forum is Catherine Whitmore Slatten, who I found to be one of the more coherent, smart, funny voices from there, and she's a listener now. She now says, I like last episode that Serena and June created a safe space in Fred's office. I didn't see anyone else comment on how Fred destroyed it. Yeah, that's interesting. The office dynamic between SJ and June is so different than the office dynamic between the commander and June, and he really just quelched that I mean, when he I mean, I don't know. her there. There's no point in getting into this deeply. I would just say yeah. I don't believe any space that Serena Joy is in is a safe space. Yeah, like, agreed. Anyway, but that's... Okay. We already talked about it in the previous episode. There's yeah. no need to belabor the point. Catherine, I like you a lot. Jennifer Stevenson Prillman says, Where does Serena Joy buy home goods? Is there a restoration hardware in Gilead? Does she give Fred a list of things to order from Amazon Prime? Hilarious. I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> Girl, you know she would be a Wayfair stan. <laughs> Man, Wayfair is owned by Walmart. Did you know that? Please donate to the Venmo because there is a convertible coffee table that I sorely need. (laughs) (laughs) To put your charcuterie on. I want the charcuterie on a lower level than I want to bring the top of the coffee table up to my face. Living your best life, girl. Shout out to Gianna Vela, who says shout out to Cincinnati Kelly. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. Oh, and we know some of the same people. I told her to name names. I'll do that on my own time. Hey, if any of the redheads are from Long Beach, California, that's my hometown. What if we had no listeners in Long Beach? wouldn't that be so weird it's just this like blank on our on our statistics sue bernardi johnston said the last scene of june's anguish and loneliness was everything agreed okay and there were many more comments on that thread i keep forgetting i keep treating our facebook group like it was in the beginning where there was only like 10 of us yeah Um, and i forget that there are billions of us now so uh sorry we didn't get to all the shout outs but there's a lot of them and this is a meaty episode so just keep commenting on our page and we'll shout you out one day probably so i want to say one possibly two things number one I had such a fucking hard week this week. This week was so hard for me. And it was like, it was fine. It wasn't like, you know, like Anthony Bourdain hard, you know, Mm. which RIP, I'm devastated. Mm. I am devastated. So please take care of yourselves. I know it's really hard if you're depressed. When I'm depressed, I don't want to talk to nobody ever. Mm -hmm. Um, But hey, if you're not depressed, make sure your friends are okay. It's important. But... I just, I was super stressed. Everything was going sideways. And I'll tell you what perked me the fuck up was our contest with good vibrations, <laughs> giving away a Hitachi magic wand, asking everybody to put gifts of their woke bay in the comments. You are all just delightful. And I just, I just, I never could have guessed that part of my wonderful adulthood would be just getting thirsty AF with a bunch of people who listen to my podcast about The Handmaid's Tale. And also, again, I will restate this because I am still baffled by it. That was a weird way to find out that 70% of our audience wants to fuck Mark Ruffalo. Okay, I'm sorry. Have you seen Mark Ruffalo? He's cute. Girl, what is wrong with you? Anyway, I am a Ruffalo for life, (laughs) even though he's a 9-11 conspiracy theorist. I don't (laughs) care. Anyway, so that was great. And congrats to our winners on that. Yeah, I guess it was only one thing. I don't know. Oh, oh, I know the second thing. This is the first time, I think, since season two began that we are recording the episode 
like in kind of real oh, time. Yeah. So we've been really far ahead, but now we're kind of caught up. So we're recording this the Saturday before the episode drops. It makes me so excited because whenever I leave here, I'm like, oh, the kids are going to love this. I know. Anyway, I know. let's get the fuck into it. Okay. Then. Again, such a great fucking episode. So this is season two, episode nine, Smart Power. Now, when Kelly and I first heard this term, we're like, it's a dumbass yeah title. we were very mad i was like what was somebody's kid watching rocket power and they uh-huh. were like oh let's just call this smart power we are handmaids on a mission <laughs> action june in fun position no so it turns out smart power is actually an international relations term and it means this is from wikipedia but it means the combination of hard power and soft power so this so dicks and pussies yes the center for strategic and international studies defines it as an approach that underscores the necessity of a strong military but also invests heavily in alliances partnerships and institutions of all levels to expand one's influence and establish legitimacy of one's action the wikipedia article goes on to explain that smart power you know showing of strength but also showing of like empathy is important especially in response to terrorist actions which makes sense when you think about why the waterfords are getting to go to canada in the first place is they're trying and specifically you could argue that serena joy represents soft power Mm -hmm. and the commander represents hard power so put them together and they're smart power isn't that interesting it is interesting also, I would say it's like Bruce Banner is soft power and the Hulk is hard power. Is- and Mark Ruffalo plays the Hulk. Ergo, now you're just- I just had an orgasm. Now you're just pandering. <laughs> Wait, is the, do you think Mark Ruffalo is the cutest of the Avengers? Is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. Ew. Girl, you know I like him hairy. Ugh. Oh. Mm. I mean, mm. I like them. I oh, like- and especially like as he's gotten aged, like him in The Kids Are All Right. Is that oh. what it's called? With yeah. uh, Julianne Moore uh-huh. and Annette Benning. It's a good one. <gasps> oh, that is like crunchy granola. Fuck daddy. Mark Ruffalo. Has, I am all about that. He has kind eyes. I, I okay. see it. Okay. Listen, I literally could take the whole runtime talking about how delicious he is. Look, so. a bunch of the ladies would like that, but we yeah. got to move on. <laughs> so this episode begins with another window shot. Um, June's sitting in the window. They're really getting their money's worth. <laughs> um, like, listen, it took us six months to build that window. You're using it. And <laughs> with dubious bars or no bars. <laughs> Fall gate and jump gate continue. Uh, so she begins with this like interior monologue about this could be an Airbnb. And I have to admit, this was the one time when I'm like a little fatigued at like, get it? We're topical. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, I felt like they were so much more sparing with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can you can sort of demonstrate people utilizing thing like oh like i'm ordering a car or i mean airbnb is a situation i feel like at this point where it's like you know kleenex can be said about just a tissue right and i feel like now you know like a rental yeah that's not a hotel people are like oh i'm getting an airbnb even if they're using vrbo for example i (laughs) i think though that you're right 
you're touching on something that I'm feeling, which is I think with these like very contemporary references, like show don't tell is less seems less awkward way to do this. Uh-huh. Though I did squeal when they said one of the handmaids worked at Forever Twenty One later, so I'm part of the problem. And I I realized you mean of fast fashion and topical references. Yes, <laughs> both. <laughs> And I realize that, like, this is kind of Dorothy Fortenberry trying to hearken to that part in the book where June looks around. I believe it's Jezebel's. And she's like, shit, I remember when this was a hotel. Yep. I remember yep. what we used to do that. So I see where she's going. I was a little fatigued by it. Well, and I mean, we've discussed in our Facebook page that we're all kind of over the voiceover at this point. And for me, particularly, since we now spend a lot of time in other people's POV. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be any kind of logic to when June is voiceovering and when she's not. That's such an excellent point. And I was really proud of myself for number one, hearing this internal monologue and being like, Fortenberry! (laughs) But then, I mean, honestly, that was one of the only complaints that I have about this episode. Truly. This episode was so good. And, you know, Fortenberry, again, I'm sorry, but I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, girl. This yeah. is such a good... Like, this should this should be so many people's Emmy submission. I completely agree. I love the line, though, from the voiceover. So this voiceover, it was actually... It was like 50-50 for me. Because there were some really Atwood-esque turns of phrase in here. Sure. And when she says, it does no good to want the impossible. Mm-hmm. I just... I don't know. That just really resonated with me. Well, that's cribbed from the book i thought it's like so pa- it's paraphrased and i guess from that's the, the that's the really frustrating part about the voiceover is when they're like copy pasting margaret atwood next to dorothy fortenberry it's just <laughs> like oh dorothy you're really good at a lot of things but like there's only one maggie atz yeah i agree but i appreciate i appreciate here's the thing i appreciate the effort oh absolutely and uh, again as ever like we get really nitpicky with it, but when other people are like, me, 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 or like, I don't watch The Handmaid's Tale, I like, you know, totally like Biff Tan in them up against the wall, and I'm like, oh, hello, exactly. McFly. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, can I take a sidebar and ask you, I don't know, I know you don't watch the discussion forums as closely as I do, but one thing I found particularly disturbing about the discourse from last episode is that there was so much of this like bloodlusty commentary about like, yeah, Serena Joy got her ass beat. She finally got what she deserved. And listen, I'm aware that Serena Joy is an evil character. Yeah. But just to see like women and men get so like, hell yeah, killer. Like it, it, it was very disturbing to me in this show whose message, as somebody pointed out to us, is like, trust women and take care uh-huh. of women. And so, I don't know, it rubbed me really the wrong yeah, I way. Yeah, because I was in... I was indifferent to it in terms of right. like us being in June's POV at that moment. And you know, like and I didn't feel sorry for her right. in that but it's like I wasn't like I'm like are you seriously fucking rooting for Fred? Cuz yeah. that's what that attitude is. That attitude is saying, "Yeah, I'm on Commander Waterford's side." Yeah. And I, as bad as Serena Joy is, he is significantly worse. I think that's a difference, too, because I was trying to question my own feelings because I know I also felt like, yeah, get her when Emily kills Marissa Tomei. Uh But you're right. The difference there is it's when I say, yeah, in that moment, I'm rooting for Emily. And when you say, yeah, when Serena Joy gets hurt, you're rooting for Fred. And I mean, it's it's the same as in comedy. It's like, are they punching up or are they punching down? (laughs) You know, it's true. look, comedy is the cause of and solution to 
all of life's problems. Anyway, sorry for the tangent, but I, I found that incredibly... The discourse around this show is almost like a whole other level of like meaning to mm-hmm. everything. So interesting. Amanda Bruegel comes and says, we're summoned, which yeah, never means a good summoned. thing. I'm like, yeah. And I love because June is like, what's going on and Rita's just like Rita's not having any of it in this whole episode Rita's like think they would tell me (laughs) Bruegel you're killing it let's get brunch Mm. I love you yeah her line reading is (laughs) impeccable and just Rita is so out of fucks to give she is so outside of the drama of this household, except when Serena Joy just, you know, punches mm-hmm. her in the face. Mm-hmm. So they get called into, is it Serena Joy's sitting room that he's in? No, he's in like the living room. Okay, so he's in there. Nick's in there. There's a random guardian in there who sadly is not our friend, the doofy guardian. But he says that they that he and Serena Joy are going on National Lampoon's Waterford's Canadian vacation. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> That he is leaving Isaac behind, who is this young, you know, whippersnapper of a guardian to make sure everybody behaves, which like, honestly, is a really good idea because people have been getting turned in this house. Yeah. And (laughs) he's clearly like not anymore. Right. And so and Nick is going with him. And I'm curious if he would have brought in extra security because I was like, I was like, oh, they're going to have a kegger. (laughs) They're going to have like a they're going to play spin the bottle. Oh, they're going to have ice cream for breakfast. They're going to show Eden the Rocky Horror Picture Show for the first time. (laughs) Mrs. Waterford said I can't watch this. Shut up. It's going to be great. (laughs) She's going to be like, but I already got (laughs) de-virginized. And, you know passing reference good to know that isaac is a biblical name where does isaac place in the bible i tried to do real quick research oh no listen honey i always got you when it comes to genesis so isaac is abraham's son he is the son that abraham had with his wife sarah because they were like a hundred years old like literally (laughs) according to the bible and god was like hey abraham you're gonna have a son and him and sarah were like what we are so old and god was like no seriously and like they were like okay but like then abraham was like well maybe god meant he wanted me to bang hagar and i would get her and he does get her pregnant and she has a son named ishmael who went on to fight the great white whale correct well that was ahab ishmael was there as well but anyway so isaac is the son of sarah's womb he is also the son that god was like hey abraham remember how i said i would give you that son and then you tried to trick me but then i gave you the real son anyway kill that son as a sacrifice to me take your son up on my holy mountain and sacrifice him to show your love for me and abraham was like well you're god gotta do what you say so he takes isaac up there and he is about to kill him and god's like no 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 no, no. i was just playing i was kidding oh my god here's a goat kill this goat instead i will accept this goat you know what you're you're a good friend you're a good friend uh i stopped you and then isaac his children are jacob and esau there we go and then yeah and then they that's where you come into the red tent. So now you know Perfect. what happens. Okay. I knew I knew they were connected. <laughs> Isaac's Thank you. wife name is Rebecca, by the way. Dope. And she in the red tent is a crazy ass witch. Mm-hmm. I love it. God, we got to read that again. I know. Book club. Book club. Book club. So they make mention of the... F- oh, I guess. So maybe the significance there of his name being Isaac is that he's virtuous. And uh, yeah. Would've... And rather than a son of Jacob, he is a father of Jacob. Ooh. Ooh. Um... 
so gonna be a generational conflict. <laughs> so the commander said that they're going to Canada and the terrorist attack left the Canadians more open to diplomacy. Now, I wasn't sure what one had to do with the other necessarily. I mean, I think there is a sense... Well, and I, the only other criticism I have this episode comes later and we'll get into it, but okay. it's like, I don't know what the Canadians think they know. Yeah. Like, we know that the American ambassador and all the people associated with the embassy in Little America, like, they mm-hmm. all know what the deal is mm-hmm. with Gilead. But the Canadian government seems like they've heard some stuff. This is interesting because I had the same criticism. And maybe like this handmaid committing a terrorist act. For whatever reason, they've decided that the the handmaid committing the terrorist act, you know, it's kind of like a Trumpian, you know, good people on both sides type (laughs) argument. And I think it brings them to the point where they're like, oh, maybe somehow this is a fair fight and we should be engaging diplomatically with the Gilead government. Oh, that's good. I mean, that's all I can assume, but it doesn't really matter. And for once, I am not going to get super nitpicky on this episode. Cause I mean, just like kind of coming off these two weaker episodes, they just came roaring out the gate with it. This is, I'm just going to keep praising it. It's a great, great episode. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So he's taking Serena joy with him. So she can't have secret all girl newspaper. (laughs) Um, and then, and she's in the greenhouse mm -hmm. and she's saying she doesn't have to go. And he says that he needs her there because everyone in the world thinks that women of Gilead don't have a voice. Right. And she's concerned because gray mold is back on her plants. (laughs) Well, and June's in her third trimester. I think she's more upset about the plants. <laughs> also, her eyebrows are impeccable. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, personal grooming goals. Like, and this is another confusing bit because most of the aestheticians—easy for me to say—aestheticians. Most of the aestheticians I've met are women. Uh, so I bet there's like an underground like eyebrow market. In, oh yeah, they're, they're threading in secret. <laughs> So I know one Martha who is a neonatal surgeon, but I know another Martha (laughs) who threads eyebrows. Do you want to go see her? And the answer is always yes. Yeah, it's like blink twice if yes. (laughs) And that Martha... It's like they're like, we need you to do one more job. And so she's crying, putting back on <laughs> her smock, her little waxing smock, and she's crying. Like, she's putting waxing. on the latex gloves. <laughs> she's bubbling the wax and like, ah, ah, ah. oh, that's a beautiful thought. So one thing I think is really interesting in this scene is Fred says, I need you to go. We're building the baby's future. Mm. Um like he needs us to do this because remember Aunt Lydia said many episodes ago that she thinks June is carrying a boy. Mm-hmm. It seems to her that she's carrying a boy. And then later in the episode, June refers to the child as a girl. And the fellow handmaids think it's a girl. Yeah. So uh, who are you going to trust? I don't know. You're right. Also, I- are they not... At this point, they should be able to know. Like, yeah, they have it's ultrasound. Weird that it's they, weird and it, like that in they... a in such a gender obsessed society. Like, I guess yeah. I, I could see it both ways, but I mean, it's not like they're not using like sonograms. Like, they and can see as far as I can tell, there's nothing in the Bible that's like, no, thou shalt not know the baby's gender until thou seeth its face. There's nothing in the rule book that says we can't see if it's got a pee pee. <laughs> 
Speaking of the Bible. I was this, like, speaking of pee-pee. Is this a quote from the Bible? If you can find a virtuous woman, she is worth more than rubies. Yes. I believe it is also from the Old Testament. I cannot remember nice. what, but it's a classic for keeping women down. Ew. I don't like it because, of course, the virtue implied includes being a virgin, which I am not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not a virgin. You said we were going to wait for each other. Yeah, but then I watched Dawson's Creek and I was like, you know what? I don't want to wait <laughs> for our lives to be over. Never stop singing 2018. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Serena Joy is like on the edge of tears in this scene. and But she goes anyway because literally what choice does she have? My next note is Eden is doofy, but braid goals. Oh my God. Listen, this is like the one upside to mm. being raised of fundamentalist girl <laughs> your braid game is on point uh, this is it. this is your jam this is what you can do i love and it. it it's stunning and this was a sweet scene and i like i just feel so bad for eden now yeah because she baked nick cookies and this broke me when yeah. she said they have real chocolate chips I've never seen a chocolate token before. Because remember, they don't have currency anymore. They use the tokens that they mm -hmm. take to the store. Oh, speaking of, if you wanted to see an up-close picture of what those look like, uh, it was on the Handmaid's Tale Instagram about Ooh, a week ago. I missed that. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Follow the Handmaid's Tale on Instagram. Their Instagram... Much like fundamentalist braiding on point. So <laughs> um, she's she's like, here, you know, here's these cookies. And Nick is like, hey, mentally, he's like, these are not going to make it past security. But, you know, she's saying, I'll miss you. What does he say, Molly? Okay. I'll, he says, I'll only be gone a little bit. And she says, I'll still miss you. Oh, baby, this is so everybody's high school boyfriend who didn't love them back. And she's like trying to like go in for the kiss. And he just like basically pats her on the shoulder. Older. It's so sad. It's but so sad. Something is a brewing. Something's in Eden. a brewing with Eden, and I'm here for it. <laughs> She's so. gonna take everybody down. I know it. Serena goes to June's room prior to leaving. Oh yeah. And she comes in, and June's like, "Hey, um, can you bring me back some maple syrup?" <laughs> and Serena Joy's like, "Yeah, I'm also gonna buy some cigarettes with blackened lungs on the side, so we can <laughs> share that when the baby is born." <laughs> and that is actually not why she's there. She is there to creepily put her hand on June's belly and say, God will protect you, my love. Mm -hmm. and my little one. Oh, I thought she said my love. She says my little one. Okay. In a very, like, Deanna Troy's mom <laughs> in Star Trek way. It's pretty gross. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are a delight. I have many a reference. Come to my bosom. <laughs> she's she's very creepy. And she did a very poor strategic move, I think. So she is like all worried. And June, for once, June finally figured out strategy. I'm going to blame the second trimester hormones yeah. for all of the choices that she's made up until this point. <laughs> because she's just like, no, we'll be fine. You know, everything's okay. going to be okay. And Serena you know, gets up to go and June says blessings for a safe journey. And it clearly like costs her something, yeah. you know, emotionally to like, be like, this is fine. It's cool that I'm here and enslaved. Yay. And Serena turns around and says, Oh, BT dubs. As soon as the baby's born, you're out of here. And June is just like, what? And it's such good character development or it's such it's in keeping with character because we've seen again and again Serena Joy is so marshaled by her emotions that she has a hair trigger mm -hmm. and she's she is petty. Oh, oh, girlfriend is so petty and I love it. The smart thing to do would be don't threaten your handmaid 
before you leave her alone. Right? I'm like, oh, okay. You just gave her, like, super incentive to, like, try to run away again. Yeah. Even though they have baby face guardian. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. So that was such a poor move. Well, I'm not sure she could based on what happens later. But yeah, yeah. She says you can't stay after the baby is born. We've all had more than enough of each other, which is a gorgeous line. Well, and I mean, like, yeah, but also, you know, give the baby time to be miserable. Come on. (laughs) There's a very toxic dynamic it can absorb through breast milk. Also, though, and I'm sure people are going to say this is that like, Dude, we just saw an episode where they showed that babies need to be held close. Uh-huh. And and failure to thrive is a very real thing. So if that's what it was, because <laughs> they sure didn't go out of their way to make sure we know. So it seems interesting that Serena Joy could have just seen that and then be like, mm, it's still better to have her out of our house. Yeah, which I think is insane. Yeah. Well, because... You know, look, breast is best. Agreed. It's like, have you, or, like, you know she watched Call the Midwife all the time, (laughs) pre-Gilead. I'm sure they have, like, souped up formula. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm sorry. Or or anything, I think you love to bring this up all the time, but... I think what would happen is they would have June hooked up to like a, a oh a Mad Max Thunder Fury Road, Road. Yeah, yeah Fury Road not Thunder uh, Road uh, kind uh. of thing and be like milking her. Also, I just wanted to clarify: breast is best if that's an option for you. I'm not yeah. trying. I'm not trying to shame anybody or tell yeah. anybody not to because I also think breastfeeding is extremely creepy. Yeah. So. So listen, everybody can be upset by my opinions. Yay. (laughs) No matter what side of the breastfeeding divide you're on, I'm problematic. Uh, So then we show the Waterfords descending on the tarmac in Canada. And then like Bizarro, JFK and Jackie O. They are. I mean, look, not even that Bizarro because he was a (laughs) shitheel in hats alone. Yeah, that's true. And I could so see like I wish she made a parody where it's like her Showing the camera around the Waterford's house like that famous Jackie O uh-huh, TV. Yes. <laughs> this is the room where we systematically rape the handmaid. <gasps> and you'll notice these are original cuttings on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> then we show the scene that you and I screamed at. This episode was so good. We're going to get a noise complaint for how we reacted to this episode. We, we watch this show like it's a fucking football game. Or like we're like standing and cheering and just like hugging each other and crying. Yeah. It's like the the Warriors are in game seven or eight. At no, this. they're done. They oh, just, they won? Yeah, they just won. Yeah. Wow. They won in five. They swept Cleveland. See, I couldn't believe Cincinnati rules. Cleveland drools. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Organic self-care horn. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling everybody in my apartment to shut up last night, but here I am screaming over the yeah, handmaid's tail. Totally. So anyhow, we see the interior of the apartment with everybody we care about in little America. AKA Moira? Luke, Moira, and Shh. I uh, love Shh so much. <laughs> and we screamed. Shh is like feeling her ear where the tracker was. And her face acting. Because oh, she speaks brilliant. a lot more in this episode than we've ever seen. But like she's taking in the Waterford's visit mm-hmm. just silent. Oh. And then Moira, like, I don't know. <sighs> She knew that that was Commander Waterford before, yeah? Yes, they make a point in the previously on to remind you that That, Waterford specifically brought her to June. But I meant, like, did she know his name at that point? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But, like, she's like, oh, my God, that's him. That's the guy that has June. 
and Luke hulks out Oof. and is just like everybody's upset. It's so good. Which it's is such so a great good. antidote to everybody who's been like, why is Luke so inactive? It's like, baby, he was traumatized. But when push comes to shove, he yeah gets- look grief is non-linear yeah. and this is why in the scene that comes up later that scene Ooh. i'm not okay i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait i'm gonna just wait, wait because wait. oh my god <laughs> they see that he's in canada and it lights the fire in them then the next scene is one of my favorite scenes in this even a juicy episode i love this scene when they're in the car and Serena Joy is looking out. No? Luke and Moira go to the ambassador. <laughs> this poor ambassador. She's like, you know, there's other protagonists living their own lives. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's this thing where they're like, no, no, we need him arrested. He's a war criminal. And she's like, look, I agree with you, but we're guests in Canada. And their official position right now is that they are not war criminals. And then they are just representing yeah. their government. We can't do anything. Moira is much more demonstrably upset than Luke. Luke is very polite to the ambassador. But the ambassador is like, look, there are protests scheduled. I encourage you to go. So she's not. Yeah. She's not unsympathetic to them. But it's just like, this is how diplomacy works. It's an art and it's slow and it's complicated and annoying. Smart power. Yeah. Smart power. Smart power. Well, what is so interesting here. and (laughs) That just makes me think of Chappelle's show when he's (laughs) the the blind KKK member. Uh (laughs) <laughs> just like white power smart power smart power there is something so interesting in what you mentioned at the top of the episode that we get such great world building here that there are enclaves of refugees in canada but they're not all of canada no so we really like this is like the first time that canada is getting a taste of like oh no atrocities are happening yeah kind of it seems like so that's interesting well and it seems like they don't fully understand it till the end of the episode and that's yeah. again my really my only quibble is like how do you not know about this already i agree with like that. you all have the internet we'll but- get to that we'll get to that we'll get to that yeah they have the internet because everybody can pull up their facebook page and print out pictures of their loved ones <laughs> so now we get to a scene that i find to be a beautiful scene even in an episode full of beautiful scenes it's when everybody's in the car the waterford envoy is in the car and looking out at the street and serena joy looking out at the streets where people are making out pda women are- pda public display of affection <laughs> women are in pants <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I forgot that pants are a privilege, not a right. She she's out and she's like, oh, could could we get a Smokies later? <laughs> I think that's the poutine place that everybody likes. Uh, you know, I really miss I really miss Sabaro. Can we? Yeah, Sabaro really, is a funnier joke. Can we get it? Can we get a Stromboli? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you she know, looks wistfully at the outside. That's one thing I think we didn't get to from the discussion thread that we talked about earlier on this episode but somebody's saying you know if gilead was really serious about the environment they would not be eating meat and you are correct you are correct because that's just extremely costly to cultivate meat Mm -hmm. and maybe that's their nod to it later in this episode right when they eat eat beans beans instead of chicken so maybe they heard you um (laughs) but you're right that's a very salient either way holy frijoles yeah And I can say that with a belly full of scrapple. (laughs) Yeah. So that sort of the wistfulness of driving through the town is very interesting. And Nick is having that a bit as well. And I think he's sort of. Yeah. Also, Max Mangala, 
Thank you for taking our notes, BB. You did a great job. You this episode. did such a great job this episode. I have theories on why he did so well in this episode. This is all my tweets I sent him. Yes. <laughs> and also the one on one coaching that I provided. I do have mm. a BFA in acting. <laughs> but he is back in mysterious mode. You know, mm-hmm. we get one scene of him being kind of vulnerable with June, but. He's got that veil pulled back over himself. So maybe it's more of he should just stay in his lane acting wise. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, yeah, but he did. He does a beautiful job here because you see him seeing all these people living their lives. Same as Serena Joy. And mm-hmm. I think part of him is like, wow, like I could just be living a normal place. It's like, oh, uh, they're doing Battle of the Bands over there. I could. I could do that. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. Cool. I'm going to I'm going to put my name on the list. Will you guys come if I put my name on the list? And like no one they says say, anything. They say that like five people have to come if I'm going to be right. in the and you have so, to buy a drink. So, yeah. um, if somebody I mean two of you could that's like halfway and like, there. Yeah, and if you could each bring a friend. <laughs> That'd um, be cool. Anyway, I'll get back to you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, that's where he sees I got to go poster. I got to go practice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so oh boy. There's so many scenes that are like mwah, mwah, mwah. This scene was we fucking lost it because they go into you know i don't even know consulate okay thank you i'm like what's the thing where you go with the people i know that term from the princess diary (laughs) (laughs) we gotta put that on the list oh fuck we got put that on. i love that movie me Mm. too anyway um so so they go to the canadian consulate or whatever and they introduce everybody i think one of them is from montreal so the commander like shows off his french now if you speak french let us know what he said the only terms i know in french are that is the term for tipsy, which is je suis pompette. And he didn't say that. So the only phrase in French I know is Kevin, you're what the French call les incompetents. <laughs> <laughs> so he introduces this guy and this guy says, brazen as you please. I was very fond of visiting the States before. Dot, wait, dot, wait. dot. With my husband. <laughs> so great. This just in time for Pride Month. And again, I love this so much as sort of a follow-up to the scene with the Little America ambassador uh-huh. where she's like, oh, you know, like there's only so much we can do. And here's this guy, like he doesn't want to be negotiating with them. And he like, this is this is how policies are made. Mm-hmm. Never forget that it is individual mm. human beings mm. sitting in these rooms, the rooms where it happens, Molly. Mm. Mm. And... You know, he is not, I mean, and, 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 uh, what's his name? Stuart is the main guy. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, okay, all right, calm, it, calm it down, Gaby. <laughs> and, but you know, it's like, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna hold you to this. And, you know, Commander Waterford tries to play it off and he's like, oh, well, you know, that's why we're here. Blah, blah, blah. We'd love to have you back. And he says, yeah, we'll come back when we feel welcome. So great. It's amazing. It's fantastic. Man, it's so good. And we see, just like you say, little flickers of individuals sticking hard to their guns this Mm -hmm. whole episode. And really, isn't that what changes things? And this is such a great episode for Serena Joy being furious to be taken at her word. Molly is clawing at the sky. It was so delicious. And is it here that they give her the, the agenda? Yes. They give her the agenda. She opens it. It is motherfucking highlights rebus photos people oh my God, girl because look this is again it's a good part of diplomacy you're like what are the cultural norms in your ah. country we are going to adhere to them so this is what i found interesting so i was at both parts understanding that that's what they were trying to convey 
and then miffed that the same person that was like so indignant that gay people weren't allowed in Gilead didn't and none of the other delegates do didn't like offer his hand to Serena Joy to shake. But um, they wouldn't. Exactly. So it's like, it's yeah. fr- I'm frustrating, but I understand why. And it's like the same way. It's like, yeah, I'm frustrated that he didn't, you know, break culture to do what's right. But also, I hate the second Sex in the City movie that basically <laughs> the whole premise is not nah, fuck other people's culture. <laughs> so I see what you're doing there. You're doing a much better job than the second Sex in the City movie, I mean, which is saying not that yeah, much. Yeah, I was like, isn't everybody doing a better job than the second Sex in the City movie? I didn't see either one, to be perfectly oh, clear. The first is dope. Okay. I might, um, that might be nice. I bet it's on HBO. Yeah. Like HBO Go. So she gets the little picture book itinerary which is so funny we need i need to go back and pull a screenshot of that so that we can dissect it in the comments cracks me up then she gets taken on the wife tour of the atrium and the woman giving her the tour i love the dialogue here because she's so at odds with just what i was just talking about like the being polite Mm -hmm. but also not committing a microaggression against this now very foreign culture Uh, yeah exactly so she's kind of trying to talk she goes why is is that the term am i using that correctly am i using that correctly and and she she tries to engage her on like she's like do many do most wives garden Mm -hmm. she says i've been told you enjoy knitting and we know it's a delicious moment of dramatic irony because what we know and serena's not admitting to is that she detests knitting actually She, she does such an adorable little like i love knitting and she moves her like eyes to one side If it was like a cartoon character, you would just see the little dot go like, it's very cute micro acting. My wish for this whole scene was that the woman would be like, I'm sorry, do you want to go get out of here and get a martini? Yeah, I I was thinking that. But I also think it's purposeful and good writing that she's trying to relate to her on stuff that she can relate to. Like, she's like, I like cooking. I don't really have time. Well, she says she works all the time. Mm -hmm. And Serena says... For some people, working is their passion if they are blessed to be able to do that or something. Like it's, it's no, she said, for some people, work is their passion, comma, what a blessing. Yeah. And so, but I mean, again, she's like, that's her, baby. Serena is a good diplomat. I mean, Fred is, is not, yeah. Fred is practicing <gasps> smart power and bringing her along. But it's yeah. very interesting that he's brought her specifically to demonstrate that women in Gilead have a voice. We don't see any of the actual meetings or negotiations. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, is she just sitting there not talking? Because it's like, dude, if you want no. her to seem like she has a voice, like she's going to need to talk. Yeah, I think it's more of like he thinks that the aide that took her on a nature walk would come back and be like, hey, I talked to her. She seems uh, pretty okay. Yeah, I mean, God, the sons of Gilead must really have their heads up their asses. Wow, what was your first clue? Uh, I mean, just the existence of Jezebel's mainly. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. So that was interesting. The next scene is, oh, no, it's them walking to the market. So I am assuming based on this scene that June and Janine are official walking partners. Again, seems super irresponsible. Well, (laughs) let's pair two subversives, two known subversives. Great idea. Yeah. At any rate. They're chatting and walking and Janine is chattering about, oh, you know, has the baby moved down? It's so weird to have this like person sitting on your vagina. (laughs) And she thinks that the Putnams are going to let her see Charlotte again soon. And June's like, did they say that? And she's like, no, I just have a feeling. 
And then mm. June. Well, wait, she goes, she has a line that I think is funny and silly. And she goes, I used to smell her head. She smells like me. And you know what? You can't keep people apart who smell like each other. Yeah. True. Yeah. Accurate. It is a very Molly Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. And I agree. You should not keep people who smell like each other apart if they are mother and baby. And, and if you keep a lot of people who smell like each other together, do you know what it's called? Um, a gaggle. An open mic. Oh my goodness. So June. And I love this because this is, this is the kind of writing that I want where it's like, okay, it's kind of dumb to bring this up to Mm Janine, but at the same time, who else is she going to talk to? She's, she's backed into a corner and she's freaking out Mm -hmm. and she's like, Hey, Serena says that I'm not going to be able to like stick around and breastfeed my baby. And Janine starts losing her shit and they're talking and I'm like, Oh my God, come on. And, you know, it, it's kind of bittersweet because they did what we asked in the last mm-hmm. episode and they made Gilead strict again because <laughs> this guardian who is he's the he's the baby face guardian, right? Isaac. Yes. So he tells him to stop talking and he straight up hits Janine in the face with the butt of his rifle. Pistol whips. Her. And then they just leave her there. Yeah, and I'm like, can you leave a fertile woman on the street in Gilead? Well, they he says something to the other guardian and I t- could not hear what it is. Yeah. Well, but I mean, yeah. I mean, there were other guardians around. So it's just like, like, oh, we're going. Deal like, with her. Yeah. yeah. So that's fucked up. You know, we were taking out a word. <laughs> yeah. No. And I mean, again. you know, but I mean, again, I'm, I'm glad is not necessarily the word, but it's yeah. just like, okay, like people aren't going wild still. Like, right. Things are, things are settling down. Yeah. And it's, yeah. The state, the stakes are returning to what they have historically been. Absolutely. It is also very funny that she says, suck my dick. She does say, suck my dick. And I all look, anytime a oh, woman or femme identified person says, suck so my funny. dick. Mwah, mwah. Mwah. Very funny. Oh. Um, wow. So the next scene is, ooh, this is wonderful. I loved this scene. This scene was literally like Molly Sanchez fanfic. You know, I could not believe. Right in the pocket. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Did Fortenberry consult you on this? Because... I wish. Oh, my gosh. All my dreams come true. (laughs) So it was Serena Joy waiting in the lobby of the hotel to go upstairs to to go to the bar, I guess. Mm -hmm. And this little girl, you know, keep in mind, a Canadian girl and her mom, both in pants. This little girl is staring at her. And to my extreme delight, the little girl asks Serena Joy if she's a princess. And Serena Joy has... The reaction, I believe, a lot of us would have where she's like, oh, thank you. Right? (laughs) I mean, honestly, if you look at the way that the clothing in Gilead is designed, it was designed by adult Disney hoes. Oh, (laughs) for sure. And she's serving, like, fairy godmother realness in that beautiful coat, those long gloves. I mean, it's it's like if Sleeping Beauty, if Princess Aurora chose the correct color, Meriwether's blue. Have we talked about this on air? Because I, I don't think we. I think we've that. talked about it personally. But oh my god, Flora, suck my dick. Oh, uh, <laughs> hashtag Team Blue Dress. Also, Fauna, what do you even contribute to this relationship? Oh, nothing. At Anyhow, any rate, uh, looks, but it's like it's great. like you know it's like adult ass Aurora who's like taking care of business. Honest mistake. So Serena Joy is very flattered. At, she's so fucking cute. But you know cute. who does not think this is cute? That little girl's mom. She rightly so. She knows who this is so this would be like if ava perone was talking to your kid <laughs> kind of. what's wrong with ava perone oh 
did they not oppress a bunch of people? Oh, I'm being sarcastic. I know. But <laughs> she did, but I don't care. I'm still Team Ava. What's, now and forever. What's up, Gilead? Hello. <laughs> We're going to oppress the women here. You can see them get oppressed on TV. <laughs> I love you in this podcast so much. She keeps wanting to talk to them because it's also like very rare to see a child. Yeah. In and she's so, when she's saying, oh, you know, it's such a blessing. And this woman, she might be Canadian, but she could also be an American refugee. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like so, there, we don't get any sense of yes. that. I mean, I feel like it's most likely that she's Canadian. Right. So we get this lovely feeling of like this woman being conflicted in that like she doesn't want to start a scene. Like if her daughter hadn't hadn't been there mm-hmm. she might have been more coarse mm-hmm. but she like doesn't want to start a scene but she doesn't want to be like pleasant with this or be around her because the elevator arrives and serena yeah. joy says after you and the woman says we'll wait for the next one and poor serena joy's i mean poor you know, i'm like molly you know what i mean you have you know what so I mean. much serena joy stockholm syndrome i truly do and I'll, <laughs> I'll cop to it for for days i love her her voice breaks and she's like no you guys can go yeah and it's just like Oh, this is so delicious. And then and then somebody runs up behind them and sticks her hand in the elevator doors and says, wait, it's my birthday week. Uh, She's like still in her handmaid's outfit. Her her commander and the wife are like traveling behind her like, Shannon, please calm down. Oh, my God. I want to push the buttons. I just wanted to see what Canadian Chili's is like. And also to see the school where they filmed Degrassi. Okay. It's my birthday week. And Serena Joy's like, yes, Shannon, I know it's your birthday week. Hi, Shannon, we've met several times. Um, (laughs) That's hilarious. And then we get my next wish fulfillment, which is seeing Serena Joy drink. So she goes to a bar. She's drank many times. I know, but I love it. (laughs) Every time I love it. So she orders a Riesling. Uh, Obviously, she gets a Riesling because it's a very like classy white wine. It's sweet. It's not too sweet. Yeah. It's, mm. a, it's a little too sweet for me. I was so fucking wet for this scene. I fucking well, slid off your one, couch. This gentleman is a fox. Ooh. He is absolutely a candidate for Woke Bay Wednesday. For sure. Once I find out his real person name, I mm-hmm. will. Mm. His, his character person name is Mark. By the way, I don't know if we've ever said this on air. Yes, we know we misidentified the econo man way way back as maddox which was actually cherry jones's character's last name his real name was omar and we're sorry for that so we know yeah um, we you know. can you can stop telling us that we made a mistake thank you <laughs> so this guy's name is mark i didn't catch his last name and he <laughs> you clocked this he starts smoking inside and listen which, i'm very sensitive to smoking uh-uh. as we know and i just started yelling you can't smoke in a bar inside in canada you can't smoke in a bar inside almost anywhere well you can in europe oh that is 100 percent true you can right. in europe i'm sure you can in south america probably parts of asia but like anywhere really like in north america that's not mexico you just it's just not done anymore right <clears throat> yeah that's true he's very handsome and he sits next to her and she like i i didn't know my all my senses were firing i'm like mm-hmm. fuck kiss yes uh, escape do everything fuck yeah he tells her that he represents the american government and she says, which American government? Ooh. Oh, this whole scene was just like, pew! oh, my God. Zinger after zinger. Well, the part that made me just gush is <laughs> just fucking 
old faithful out of my vagina. <laughs> yeah, I mean my my apartment is a disaster. I'm sorry, right now. but Mark says I'm sorry. My other vice is talking respectfully to beautiful woman. I'm like, okay, okay. Baby. Listen, the number one reason that men should watch this show is to see this line. This is how. This is how. You pick up a lady. There's a few rules for picking up ladies. Number one, uh, be respectful to them. Number two, offer to uh, whisk them away to Hawaii to escape the oppressive patriarchy. Thank you. Once again, known Lothario, Stromboli (laughs) Bruce Miller. (laughs) Two tips, gentlemen. Two tips. So what a... Oh, fuck. This whole conversation is so great. I know. This is is the point in the episode where I stopped taking good notes and was just chin on hands, Mm -hmm. glued to the TV. It's so good. Were you at any point worried that this was a trap? I was because she thinks he's a journalist. A lot. From the jump. Mm -hmm. And she keeps saying, oh, I don't speak to the press. And he's like, oh, lucky for me, I'm not the press. (sighs) You know, he has cigarettes and, and he's like, oh, you know, do you want for later? And she's like, your information is out of date. I quit, mm-hmm. which is only kind of true. It's like, mm, you only quit like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And because Aunt Lydia told you so. Still waiting for Serena Joy to hit a vape. So basically, he's like, yeah, I can have you on a plane to Honolulu in an hour. Which is my love language. <laughs> I love Hawaii so much. It is truly the world's finest place. And we have not done right by those people. So this is so, oh my God, it's so I, interesting. It is It is an absolute testament to this episode because I thought they were doing the thing we don't want them to do, which is tempting Serena Joy, you know, over to the good side, you know, Luke Skywalkering it up with her. And I didn't even care. I didn't even care I that was, I thought yeah. that she might be putting herself in a position to help women. I was rooting for it. because I was not. But then I was like, why am I so angry? Like, why do I so want well, women to not help each other in this fictional well, it's universe? Not, it's not that. It's just that I think Serena Joy, as Atwood wrote her, maybe wouldn't do this. And I'm committed. I think that there's something to be said for having a nuanced bad person and by letting us sit in the fact that like we can have empathy for her and she is beautiful and nuanced but she is a bad person and and there's no we can still root for her to change her mind and i feel like in that way which is something i'm struggling yeah well but it's Uh like i've been you know i've been very rooted in the book this is like not a secret but it's like okay well we are well past that at this point and this is a very different serena joy totally than we get in the book totally and i you know and i love when they throw us some bones because that's what this dude brings up from the epilogue epilogue me He says, you know, in America, we have been studying the fertility crisis and our scientists have done research and pinpointed that it's the men. Now, he presumably would know that she was shot in the baby maker. Which is why that's such a dumb device. Anyway, yeah. But anyway, but he says, you know, think about it. You could have a baby of your own. And you have two ovaries. Yeah, I mean, so if her ovaries are fine, it's anyway. They just got lefty. Uh, Righty is still up and operating. (laughs) Uh, No worries. Stromboli Bruce Miller. Sorry. You only get one more. One more outburst. (laughs) Oh, that's fucking rich from you. (laughs) Every time a man wearing black came into the picture, she's like, bless a day. Like, uh, bless a day. Bless a day, Stromboli Bruce miller (laughs) anyhow so this scene was just rich because it's such like you can see her consider it 
Mm-hmm. And for, or in her words, treason plus coconuts. Yes. Is oh great. my God. Also, it's such a sick burn. This oh. whole scene, it's like, oh my God. You, ah, you're so wasted in motherfucking Gilead. It's so, and he makes that point too. It's like, we could have a wife who is eloquent, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's well really interesting. Which is always kind of a red flag for me, but. Yeah. So I love this, by the way, the redhead who makes the cocktail Martha Rita's, I invite you to make a cocktail called Treason and Coconuts. That is Christine V. Klein. Christine V. Klein. Make it. So what a gorgeous scene. Well, he says, you know, people often leave their homes in search of a better life. And she insists, you know, I have a child on the way. And he's like, mm, but do you? And he bounces and he leaves the cigarettes with her and she grabs him because look (laughs) nicotine is a hell of a drug yeah what a great scene the next scene is all i wrote is i dream of beanie (laughs) (laughs) so it has isaac returning to the waterford's kitchen with offred and toe explaining about the incident that happened uh and saying they cut their shopping short and they didn't get to all flesh Exactly. To get meat. And Bruegel is pissed. Yeah, she so is she, like, uh, that baby needs protein. I guess we'll call Postmates. <laughs> or hashtag, or Chariot Eats. Yeah, chari- hashtag Chariot Eats. Hashtag delete Chariots Eats. <laughs> For those of you just joining us, uh, we made a joke that Uber in Gilead is called Chariots. And there's a campaign called hashtag delete Chariots. Okay, you're all cut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting that we have new people and we have to explain like, no, no, no. We have really dumb I inside mean, jokes. I'll, I'll all of this information is available in the back catalog. Yeah, yeah. Give yourself the gift of the back catalog. <laughs> it's free. Yeah. You know she's about to scheme because she wants Rita to come up to her room by herself. And Well, this- we also get, and I think this is going to be big later. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. this guardian, to me, makes much more sense as Eden's spouse because they're the same age. And, yeah. like, he is clearly into her. He's also in band with her. Yeah. But not cool band, well, not cool, cool band like Nick, but, you know, he's in, you know, marching band. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she has made some strawberry jam. They just got strawberries in from California. Mm-hmm. Hey, we live there. Hey. And he, she's giving him a taste. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. Raisin. There, there could potentially be a scheme here. And it's like, I don't know how dissolving a marriage would work in Gilead, but it's like, there has been a lot of speculating that Nick is going to get killed. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, well then Eden could marry this guy. And like, they just seem like so much more well suited. Like he has no personality. Agreed. And he's very into her jam. Yeah. And he's very attentive to her in a way where I was so happy. Even though this is a man who literally just knocked Janine the fuck out. I'm like, yeah, Eden, be happy in this horrible place. Gilead does crazy things to all of us. So this whole motif I found so interesting this episode. Basically, Bruegel goes up to June's room Mm -hmm. and June basically asks her to be the unborn baby's godmother. And I love this because she phrases it like, I asked my best friend to take care of her. And Rita just goes, I know what a godmother is. Ah. Brugel. Brugel. You, me, French toast. Let's do it. Also Molly. Yeah, I'll come. I'd love to. (laughs) Thank you. You're a wonderful lady. So that was great. But I I think it's so sweet that she asked that. Well, and I mean, it's it's interesting because it goes back to what she said in the voiceover at the beginning. It does no good to want the impossible. Yeah. So she's like, okay, how do I plan for the reality that I'm going to give birth to this baby and I will have no 
access to the baby to keep it safe. Uh, Yeah, it's such a sweet notion. And I think, you know, not a religious person at all, but Mm -hmm. I like this premise of godparents as the person that takes care, uh, another adult in your child's life Mm -hmm. who can take care of them. And I think that's such a sweet concept. Mm -hmm. And I like that. And I like when Rita walked out and said, drink your milk, Alfred. (laughs) And Alfred's like, if you don't leave me alone, I'm gonna leave. No one's going to get it. It's Steel Magnolias. Everyone's going to get it, especially now that I identified it as such. (laughs) So the next scene. This episode just gets better and better. Oh, man. They really made up for serving us. I kind of, after we record this, this is the first time this has ever happened. I would go back and watch this for pleasure. I know. I think I might watch it with Mitch. You know what? Nobody got raped in this one. Yeah. Right? 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 Yeah. Nobody got raped. As Yes. <laughs> yeah, only only somebody got clocked in the face with a gun. Hello world is a song that was singing. And I get happy. Uh, wow, we've we've come so far. This the- is like that Doctor Who episode where he's like nobody dies. <laughs> Everyone lives. <laughs> so the next scene is the protest in Canada. And this was one that I like, I don't remember if there were shots of this in the trailer. There were, there were, but like, I assume this was the other protest, but then I was like, Oh wait, it's dark in this one. Oh yeah. It's nighttime. They They're arriving. The, they showed a, a shot of the vigil in mm-hmm. the trailer, which is what this was. And Oh, we lost Ooh. our minds because Luke is there holding a giant Ooh. ass picture of him oh. and June and Hannah. And there's a bunch of people there all yes. doing the same. But he and I'm getting goosebumps describing oh, this. Oh, God. We he sobbed. pushes his way through the crowd we and crying. he gets to the edge and he starts yelling <sighs> and saying, hey, Waterford, you fucking piece of shit. You were raping my wife. You kidnapped my wife. And Commander Waterford is like, oh, you don't understand. Be gentle with him. He's a lamb of God. Yeah. And just like he doesn't punch Waterford, but he does punch part of the security detail. And it was so cathartic. Mm, It It really was. was so cathartic. And Serena Joy is shook. Yeah. We have not seen her this shook. <laughs> she keeps having that, like, are we the baddies? <laughs> yeah, look. like at so many points. He's like, oh. Oh, no. We're wrong. I thought it was just a phase. <laughs> Weird. It's so interesting to see, you know, low status Waterfords do again and again in this episode. Yeah, because, I mean, despite the fact that the Canadian diplomatic team has you know taken great care to Mm. accommodate their alternative lifestyle Mm. it's just clear that everybody else thinks that they're looney tunes yeah which is interesting because surely that happens in real life when you get delegates from countries whose policies that you maybe Mm -hmm. don't agree with 100 absolutely oh so nick and nick sees him too Mm -hmm. nick sees luke too and sees the unmistakable picture oh i mean it's so clearly all and you know and everybody in the waterford's house I don't know that Nick has seen a photo of Hannah. Yeah. I mean, but he, uh, he knows what June looks like. Well, but Serena knows what Hannah looks like. Well, Fred knows what Hannah looks like. I was shook in the following scene where they get up to the hotel room and Fred says, the talks went well today. They're thinking about considering the extradition of illegal immigrants. And we're like, no. Which means Luke and Moira and, and sh- Yeah. 
everybody. But, I mean, really, basically, most of the people who are were outside protests. Yeah, there's no like, it's like illegal you really, immigrants. You really want to bring these folks back, huh? Exactly. <laughs> They're clearly big fans of yours. Exactly. But and I'm glad that doesn't come to fruition. It seems. You know like. what else? Hmm. Serena's pissed. <laughs> she's staring out the window and he's like he's like you didn't let that you know yahoo get to you did she and she's like no i'm fine the only yahoo i recognize is yahoo serious (laughs) (laughs) it's also from my home country (laughs) that's not a protest this is a protest Special shout out to our Australian fans who I am shocked love that. Yeah, you've been very uh, thank kind Thank you for to being us. delightful. So that made me nervous. And then the next scene is in Toronto's famous blue light district. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a very dark blue lit bar. Until it's red outside. Anyway. We, we get it. You're trying to say things via lighting. I understand. Ooh, wait. Really quick, super far zoom back. I wanted to mention that in the bar scene between Mark and Serena, the cinematography is so beautiful because she's sitting at the table and you can see her reflection both in the mirror behind her and in the piano in front of her. And you can see his reflection in both too. So it speaks to the duality of both those characters. Cinematography is awesome. Anyway. You can't see my face, but I am just delighted. Oh, good. I am just gazing at Molly with like joy and admiration oh good okay sorry i wanted to make mention of that because i noticed that and i thought that no, was that's, artful that's a great catch which i did not make but you know where we can't see nuances like that in dark ass bars <laughs> where we can't see anything why is it lit so poorly there I, was so much emoting and we couldn't see any of it but i did write in all caps nick and luke at a bar i was not expecting this the, i mean like once once he saw luke i was like oh shit but like until he went in there, I was just like not expect because I love a good bay fight. Ooh. My number one romantic fantasy: two dudes fighting over little old me. Oh, you mean the Hunger Games? Uh, yeah, <laughs> da doy, <laughs> um, da doy. Yeah, I agree. But I think honestly, I think the creators heard us shit talking about Nick, and they're like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you gonna shit talk on Nick? Guess what? He's a good person. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he's a great." actor in this scene yes he sold the fuck out of this he goes in luke mm-hmm. kind of recognizes mm-hmm. him and he's like stay the fuck away from me and he's like i know your wife i know june mm. she's my friend <laughs> but i thought that was just the yes. kindest listen practitioners of radical honesty are gonna disagree with me but you know what <laughs> y'all are just dickheads Ooh, sometimes. how's that for honesty? yeah how's that for radical but honesty i can say you can dish it but you can't take it you can dish it out but you can't a phrase good job <laughs> you really stuck the landing on that one babe just um, call me uh, Kayla Maroney. <laughs> I think that in a less artful writer's hands, this could have been like a very weird, petty scene. And I'm so proud of D Forts that she's like, no, he loves her so much that he would conceal the true Look, nature he, of his relationship is... and to make Luke feel good mm-hmm. and to make her feel good. Yeah. And I think that's a sweet moment. So, you know, Luke oh my god an ot official bay of the podcast Mm -hmm. he crushes this scene dead because he is reeling oh god he is absolutely he has been through the ringer in this episode already with oh my god my wife's captor and rapist and his accomplice wife are rubbing it in everybody's faces what they're doing essentially with immune with complete diplomatic immunity yeah 
And so he's now told, I know your wife. She's okay. Like, insofar as that's true. Luke takes a swing at Nick and he's very upset and he's like telling him to get out of there. And then on a dime. Yeah. He's like, wait, 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 wait. Is my daughter okay? We cried. We cried. We were holding each other. It was beautiful. I certainly hope that you were all watching this with somebody that you can like physically cling to because, yeah. oh my gosh. And he gives him the letter. He gives him the letters. Chekhov's letters. Were you a little surprised that he didn't give him like a physical note for June? Because I, I don't would've... think he had any paper. Like you know, I don't know. It's a, a bar. There's napkins. There's coasters. I mean, he could have given. He would come back to June and be like, "Here, here's a Yingling coaster <laughs> for no reason." And it has like, a, <laughs> you know, well, here's what it. I think. I think. June could give a physical note to the Mexican ambassador because the Mexican ambassador did have diplomatic immunity. Oh, I see. Nick does not have diplomatic immunity when it comes to Gilead. I may be giving people way more credit than you they are because he can sneak a parcel of letters <laughs> one way. They'll make no kind well, of sense. Well, he hid them under Eden's cookies. Um, <laughs> oh, anyway, cookie. but so anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. He's giving yeah. him the message to, to send to June, and he says, "You know, I love you, and I'm never going to give up fighting." <laughs> It's amazing and it's beautiful and just, you know, and Nick is so classy through the whole thing. Very classy. Because we know, whether we believe him or not, that he loves June very much and he wants her to be happy. And I think it's totally one thing to know, oh, you had this husband, you had this life, but to really see that person and see how much pain he's in because of this government that you essentially aided and abetted. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Great scene. The next scene is also another good scene. Oh, my gosh. June finally figured out strategery. She really did. It's about goddamn time. And they took our note about not saying how much she weighs, but instead measuring the belly, which we can all agree is less problematic. Because, I mean, yeah. Anyway, it was. Yeah. Um, Thank you again. So it's a scene with Aunt Lydia and June. And June is. Oh, (laughs) sorry. The first note I wrote was. Damn, how do people keep low blood pressure in Gilead? <laughs> like, I have high blood pressure in beautiful San Francisco, California for, like, no reason. And they're in a fucking dystopia where their best friends get hit with guns every day. And they're like, no, cool, it's cucumber. It's all the beans. It's all the beans. I need to get on that Gilead diet. <laughs> I need to change. This is a beautiful moment that happened between you and me. Uh-huh. Is because she is trying to essentially ask Aunt Lydia to be the godmother. And she explicitly says godmother because she felt bad. She was chastened by Bruegel. She's exactly. Like, oh, I guess I should just say what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and I was being the fuck around kid and being like, lol, haha, she's just asking everybody, neener, neener, neener. And Kelly goes, you need to. You need to. I was like, ah! Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to yell on your yeah. mic, but like, it destroyed me when you said that because, yeah, again, the concept of godparents is... Who will be there for your kid when the parent is gone? Mm-hmm. And so those are extra eyes looking after you in a good way. Mm-hmm. And it destroyed me. Though I think... Oh, did you want to respond to that before I move no. on? The thing I think is ironic here on purpose is that she makes a big point to say, Refred, she goes, I think that any man who would hit a woman would hit a child. Mm-hmm. I but think she says who would hurt her one but it's ironic that she trusts aunt lydia more as a woman who has routinely tortured other women so it's just funny but again 
you got June's finally playing the game. Totally. She finally came here to win, yeah. not to make friends. Exactly. And she's just she drops just enough information mm-hmm. to disturb Aunt Lydia. Absolutely. But you know, and Aunt Lydia was very pro Fred taking Serena and June in mm-hmm. hand. Mm-hmm. And June doesn't have to say what happened because I think if she said, oh, you know, well, A, she can't tell her why because you mm-hmm. know Aunt Lydia would snitch yeah. uh, on that shit and that doesn't help anybody. Yeah. But, you know, she's just like, yeah, at least she, you know, that I'm sure it's legally permissible to beat the shit out of your wife yeah. as long as you are reading the Bible while you do it in Gilead. It's true. And it just, she puts this seed of doubt in Aunt Lydia's head and, you know, and she she tells her, Mrs. Waterford wants me to leave as soon as the baby's born. And Dowd, I love Ooh. your face and your face acting. You are my problematic fave and you are my duchess. She's less of a queen and more of a duchess. From one duchess to another, BB. <laughs> but, you know, a shadow falls on her face and she is perturbed mm-hmm. because I'm sure she thinks breast is best. <laughs> and if anybody if anybody does she's the sister of angelina of this show she is the super <laughs> twisted sister of angelina <laughs> and so she says with her mouth not with her face mm-hmm. it is her prerogative you know whatever is best for the baby and june doesn't fight her she doesn't sass she just says that is my number one priority as well and she says were you ever a godmother before and Aunt Lydia says, I make allowances for women in your condition, but like, don't test me, Missy. Yeah. And June's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. Oh, you know, oh, the hormones. <laughs> she just says that she wants her baby to be safe and well cared for. And then as Aunt Lydia is leaving, she stops. She stops and looks back at June and says, I was the godmother to my sister's child. I forget if it was a boy or a girl. It was a boy. She says, he died after only four days. And then she says kind of weirdly, it wasn't my fault. Yeah. And I'm like, which uh, is uh, not a good thing to say. Well, because uh, well, June says, I'm sorry. Anyway, what? look, everybody in Gilead has hella trauma and they're not dealing with it well. The fact that Aunt Lydia would bend the rules. Yeah. Because, you know, like giving ice cream to the handmaids after they have babies is like you know they're like oh we'll never give you ice cream but like it's like written to the bible it's like give them ice cream after they it's give like birth. the alpha and omega exactly of rule yeah but this was so interesting because like uh, i think she it was maybe part of her fault if she says it like i that. i don't know i don't i it's mean hard to again say. okay we're on episode nine we got no aunt lydia's backstory and we're the fuck is bradley whitford whitford watch continues whitford watch <laughs> continues unabated i think they're gonna do like something like <laughs> in the background they're like oh look billy madison is on <laughs> <laughs> and that was bradley whitford's character <laughs> they're like <laughs> eric's pregnant <laughs> and it's bradley whitford and billy madison and that was his role in this um put the delicious trisket crackers in my mouth now does it commander waterford so whitford watch continues um but you're right we when are we gonna get and da- i'm like honestly so furious that we're this far without her backstory and we've got backstories we didn't even ask for right <laughs> so upset about that the next scene is the letter scene oh my god oh my god moira luke and Shh are sitting around with all the letters just spread out and they are like dumbfounded like they're reading some of them aloud and moira's pissed 
Moira's pissed <laughs> because she thought the package that she delivered to June had like a bomb in it. And so I wonder she- if she's been thinking that the bomb that Ooh. Lily set off. Oh, right. Off Glen too. Right. The off Glenning. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wonder if she thought maybe oh. June, I, I, again, they don't say anything. And I, again, it seems like something that they should have discussed, like the fact that Odette existed and was a person. But anyway, they're like, you know, I wanted Gilead to go boom and she says something. And she says, these could make it go boom. Yeah. And so we don't, unfortunately, get a getting it done montage of... <laughs> uploading all um, of these to you know jpegs or instagram or uh, whatever it takes so long to scan shit yeah i'm like uh i would not be able to take gilead down because i am lazy AF. i'm sure they just took pictures <laughs> <laughs> so they put it up i think now is the time to talk about like it's so interesting that there are so many actual super primary sources of like former handmaids that live in Canada and ostensibly have medium accounts and could be writing. And not only that, they have been talking to the ambassadress. Yeah. So it just (laughs) seems, it just seems slightly confusing that no, this was the thing that showed everybody that handmaids were bad when there are several former handmaids living in Canada who could be speaking it's strange me. anyway it make sense but to honestly me. again it just takes this episode from like an a to a barely a minus for me like yeah you know what i mean like uh-huh. it's, but like because in other instances where they've done this where they kind of like mm, they fudge things to get a certain mm-hmm. emotional outcome mm-hmm. this one still felt earned to me agreed because this I liked one 100 yeah. felt earned yeah. The next scene is the Waterfords coming in for the next day's diplomatic meetings. And you should have known something was up because Gaby, diplomat, I don't know why I'm calling him Gaby. Like a gay baby? Yeah, no, um, no, no. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know why. What's up, 30 Rock? He has a smirk on his face. And they go up and Stuart says, I'm sorry, our sessions for today are canceled. You can go straight to the airport. <gasps> And Commander Waterford is like, what? They explain that they've seen these handmaid's mm-hmm. letters. And Joseph Fines says something. Yesterday, you believed me. Now you believe them, which is like, welcome to the Me Too movement, yeah. friends. <laughs> That's what it's like. And he says, you know, the reaction of the Canadian people was very negative. Mm-hmm. And so Fred walks past and stops and calls him a coward. And I'm like, mm. No, no, like you could call him a lot of things, but like, I don't think coward is appropriate. Yeah, I think he means like, you're going to let all these ladies boss you around. Okay. So then Serena walks past Mm. and one of the women says, I don't know how you live with yourself. I don't know how you live with yourself. It's sad what they've done to you. To me was the real twist of the knife. Well, because it's. A parallel to what the Econo wife says to June. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this does not mean we subscribe to the theory that Serena Joy would become an Econo wife. No, we don't. <laughs> Uh, and even if I'm opening up to the idea that maybe Serena Joy gets out of this, I don't think she actually does. But even if I'm softening a little to that idea, I don't think I, she becomes well, an Iconowite. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to this when we get to the end of the episode okay. because the final scene has bearing on what I think Absolutely. maybe they're setting Absolutely. up. But okay, they go, go outside ahead. and they get into the car and Moira pulls a Luke Bang Cole, goes up 
to the window of the limousine, makes sure that Waterford sees her face mm-hmm. and her name placard. That because mm. all the women are out there saying what their names are. I was praying there was a. My name is Shannon. <laughs> I was just. I was like, I will explode. I am so fucking close, baby. Like, that would tip me over the edge for this great episode. But Moira gets in there and, you know, she sees Fred see her. And anyway, oh, it's it was very such powerful. A good scene. And they get to the airport and there are throngs of people. Everybody's wearing black. It's like a Beatles concert. Well, at first I was like, why are there so many doofy guardians all in one uh, place? <laughs> but I mean, and they like, they can barely mm-hmm. crawl the cars along. Maybe that's where she puts it. That is. That is. Okay. So I'm sorry about that. But, you know, and, and they're in the cars and, you know, <laughs> Fred's pissed. <laughs> this is going to be a big diplomatic win for him. And he got his ass handed to him Definitely. by women, by queer women. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I love it. So the next scene, mm, unpopular opinion. <laughs> I found this scene a little cheesy. Which scene was this? This is the scene, the victory party at. Moira oh my god apartment. i 100% disagree with you i wept well i loved this i i don't know it really got me no i was listen i was affected by this too and i get what they're trying to say i think if you asked bruce miller is they would say that we're trying to say like america is actually built on the backs of scrappy dissenters mm-hmm. and when you scrappily dissent, okay, I don't think it's cheesy anymore. Uh, when, when you scrappily de- de- dissent, you are being the most American. And what are they doing now off of American soil, if not completely defending the same values? I just thought it was a little cheesy because it's like, I don't want the message of this show to be like, yeah, America, good job. Everybody's great. I disagree with you. Like, I I think you're correct about what they might want it to mean. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me of, like, in Casablanca, mm-hmm. where everybody in Rick's place, when the Nazis come in, sing La Mar- Marseille. Oh, yeah. Marseille? Yes. Okay. Uh, as I said, you know, Kevin, you're what the French call les incompetents. <laughs> as far as I know, that is the French national anthem. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that's what it meant to me. Right. Like, okay. And you know what? I would love to be able to be unabashedly patriotic about America. That's true. I would love it if I could do that again. Like, it wouldn't be the same. I've got shades of it. I've got real shades of it. And I thought it was a strong statement that they sang America the Beautiful and not the Star Spangled Banner because America the Beautiful is about the land, essentially. Absolutely. Or, Or they could have sung... This land is my land. Yeah. This land is your land. Or they could have sung the theme from America's Funniest Home Videos, which is America, (laughs) America, this is you. That's actually Gilead's national anthem. (laughs) That is. Let's see what's going on in wacky Gilead. Uh oh. This lady disobeyed. Time to hit her. What? Blessed day. Of Tom Bergeron. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I, I, so like I loved it. it. I got very weepy because and I will say this. I'm from the Midwest and oh, yeah. I, you know, as much as I love being a pinko commie liberal, you know, I miss being able to feel really good about patriotism. Mm. I mean, I also think patriotism is a scourge and, you know, it's a way of dehumanizing others so that I you think that, can ignore their needs. But I think that too, but I also cried at Mount Rushmore. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but it's just like we I, contain multitudes. And I think the other thing that really pushed me over the edge on it is that it's sh- 
who starts the singing. Aww. It's shh, like claiming her voice and just Aww. God, look, these are okay. people who haven't had a fucking win. Okay, I I take it back. You don't have to take it back. I just 100% loved it. It was the Hamilton of this show for me. <laughs> you know, I I really adored that scene and it made again, it made a lot of the sort of things that I necessarily feel like they were missteps really all i haven't liked in canada so far was the odette thing and that was more of a structural thing but it's like i so appreciate it like oh we got to see luke you know being really depressed yeah and to have it wind up here where it's like it's not an unequivocal victory in any sense of the word but it's like oh my god we finally did something you know he was able to tell nick to tell june that moira escaped like it's fantastic i agree so the next scene is fred and serena returning to their house in ignominy ignominy mm-hmm. anyway they're not doing great and they get there and you know fred is bitching about oh you know i'm never gonna hear the end of this and it's like you know yeah like you're just lucky they don't know it was your fucking driver Ooh. who got the letters out oh yeah yeah yikes Ooh. Okay, because I thought maybe this was going to be the scene of them fighting, but I was like, I don't know why they would be like fighting about Offred running away at this point. But like, I bet, you know, from the trailer when Serena says, if we're harboring terrorists or subversives in our house, somebody's going to be like making the connection. That's true. Well, and also, how is nobody keeping tabs on fucking Nick? I know Nick like, is he just is out of pocket. Willy nilly all around the place. Um, incidentally, he lost Battle of the Bands <laughs> because nobody would come to the show. Um, sorry, guys. I gave you flyers to my show and I asked Luke to come and nobody came. And just nobody. They didn't even let me play. I, they didn't let me play. It was really embarrassing. Yeah, Why so didn't anybody come? Oh, my God. <laughs> the guy that played Craig on Degrassi was there and I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> they get inside, though, then. And like Serena's just like kind of. You know, she's a little bit shell-shocked still. And then Fred is like, you know, we're very lucky in so many ways. And she's like, she doesn't even say anything. She just goes to bed. She's like, bye. She gets into her room and there's a fire ablazing. So I guess somebody called ahead and was like, hey, build build a fire. Build a sadness fire. <laughs> but she is looking at, so remember she took the cigarettes and the mm. matches that Sexy Mark mm. left with her. And it's, is it King it's, Kamehameha? Yeah, it's Kamehameha Cafe? Mai Tai cafe or whatever which is basically they did a hawaiian restaurant name generator yeah it's a little it's a little silly but she looks at it and you know there's the there's this moment and i thought maybe they were gonna have her like put it in her pocket because you know those wife dresses got pockets oh you know the the patriarchy cannot step on pockets they're all on e-shakti um (laughs) wife shakti it's it's the custom dress site on the web yeah Mm. check it out you can give me your measurements and they make mm. you whatever dress you want mm. this podcast is not sponsored by Ishakti, but we it could be but it could be it could be so she then throws the matches in the fireplace and mm. i was glad because i was like okay what i think might happen i can see serena getting herself out but not necessarily you know she's not going to harriet tubman this bitch no she's not going to go back for anybody she's not going to help anybody no unless it's maybe this baby yeah maybe maybe but i don't know i i also can you imagine how hard it is to smuggle a baby out of gilead yeah, yeah. i've seen the quiet place <laughs> the image i keep thinking about is and we can probably get this but the end of ever after where like you don't see the stepmother and the the like stepdaughter get like hurt or killed but they still are uh-huh. getting oh, their yeah. comeuppance and yeah. it's satisfying 
I might be okay with something like that, but I think more realistically, Serena Joy doesn't make it out alive, and this was oh, her no. last I chance mean, look, to escape. I mean, again, you know, I keep coming back to this. When's that purge going to happen, though? Mm, it happens. You know, they're in a very weak position. Yeah. If other Gilead leadership does any digging at all, mm-hmm. like, nickel flip. No, to, nickel flip. To save off red. Girl, heads or tails, because nickel flip. <laughs> That's the name of his band, Heads or Tails. <laughs> <laughs> Which no one came to see. The next scene is in Offred's bedroom, and it's always hit or miss with who's going to be coming through. Right? It's just like, uh-oh. <laughs> but it was really nice because... I figured it would be Nick here. Yeah, I was like, too. they're going to they're gonna give us a little more of a win here. Except, actually, I viewed the Waterfords getting booed out of Canada as a win, and anytime there's a win, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. What's going to happen? That's so how I, I feel. Thought, I started watching Queen Sugar last week, oh. and it's really good. But anytime anything good happens to anybody, I'm like, <gasps> what horrible <laughs> thing is about to happen now? So I was a little worried that it was going to be the commander going to enact some retribution on her. But it's Nick, and Nick tells her everything. And for a second, I was worried he was going to leave parts uh-huh. out. Though I don't know why it seems so much harder for him to talk about Moira than it is Nick. Or I pardon think, me, no, Luke. I think it's what he said about Luke and that was overwhelming for him oh, and he had to recover. Nice. That's how I read it. No, no, no. I could buy that. It was great. I felt so good. And I like, again, I, like you said earlier, it's a testament to how well written this episode that things that bother me in worse episodes don't bother me in this one. Like, no, it doesn't bother all. me that they're brazenly hugging. It or that he's been in there for like longer than 30 seconds. Yeah. It doesn't bother me that he says, I love you. Because when he says, I love you in this versus every other time that he said it, he kisses her on the cheek instead mm-hmm. of the mouth. And it's very much a like, I love you. I know you have to go. He's much better as like the hang dog who's like yeah. in love with her from afar. Yeah. You know, like it's, I just have a really hard time with him as a direct communicator. Yeah. But you know, and he makes it very clear to her with that gesture. He's like, listen, yeah, I get it. Like you got this whole life and this whole family and this gonna, has been, you know, prison love. I'm going to write a song about you. <laughs> Maybe when you're in Canada, you can come to my next show. One thing show. we didn't say, though, when he talked to Luke, he told him it was Commander Waterford's baby. So he oh, did. Yeah. He lied that. But I think I think that was a kindness in the moment. Oh, it's such because, a kindness. What is he going to say? And it's mine. High five. Well, and because it's like there's no reason for Luke to believe that that sex was consensual either like if nick if nick was like it's my baby but it was fine she said yes she said yeah but like uh, how much is consent worth under oppressive patriarchy yeah (laughs) yeah she said yes to oppress yeah yeah i think that's but i again i think he's preserving everybody's feelings there except his own yeah he willingly like abraham with isaac Mm. uh offered up you know the most vulnerable parts of himself yeah damn and there's you know I doubt there's a God who's going to snatch Nick out of the jaws of defeat here. Like, yeah. I think I think we're seeing Nick on a trajectory to self-sacrifice to protect what he loves. I agree. Um, and what June loves, which is something men don't do very often. I know. Very nice. Okay. You are you re-earn your status as woke bay. Uh, you were always woke. Uh, oh, look, he was always attractive. But yeah. he actually did really well with the material this week. Well done. And then June kind of gets her mojo back a little bit. And Elizabeth Moss is so beautiful. Emos and your team, if you're listening, this should so be your Emmy submission reel. Like, I know it's not meaty in terms of 
the dialogue and also, the lighting is not great but i'm sure you can fix that well everybody knows emmy clips are not made of smiling if you're not crying right, in your yeah. emmy clip but you I mean, don't have honestly, a chance for this like she already won last year for the crying show them her range man but she's she beautiful. is radiant here Ugh. I think really, truly looking kind of hopeful. And even sounding when, hopeful. Even when she was free, there was such a, a cloud hanging over her. Right. Well, you know, and she was, you know, living in an abattoir is no fun. Absolutely. But, but you know what? At the end of this episode, she does just like the last time she spoke directly to the mm-hmm. baby. She looks at the camera. Yes. And again, I think it's meant to be like telling us mm-hmm. as well as them, like, I'm going to make one last go for yep. it. With this baby. I'm stoked. We got three episodes left. Yes, I'm ready. That's all we got. Fucking sign me up. My faith is renewed. Oh, I'm ready to go. This is phenomenal. I'm I'm so stoked to see wow. what they do now. I think, you know, Oof. they, they had a, a little bit of a wheel spinny, mm-hmm. but now we're back on track. Now we're back on track. Like, where at this point in the game, do you have any predictions for how this season ends or where it ends? I mean, I think Nick's going to die. You peg Nick for a for sure death. Like he's not as valuable to the ensemble. I think like in terms of being a name, he's not Joseph Fiennes. He's not a Von Sterhovsky. He's not Elizabeth Moss. Don't alarm anybody. This is not a nutty professor clumps situation. I mean, Eden's going to say something about something. And I think, look, Nick is the one, whether by choosing himself or being chosen by the rest of the people involved, they're going to be like, "Mm, you're the most expendable. I agree. But I think I would put Nick in like my second tier of who I think is going to die. Who do you think is going to die? <sighs> I got to say, I don't think Serena Joy makes it out of this season. Really? I don't think Serena Joy does because I think what we still haven't seen is the couple in the pool. And I just got, I just feel like I got good odds that that's who that is. I don't know. Somebody was <laughs> another like rabbit whole i went down on the handmaid's tale discussion forum as somebody was comparing a picture of the woman who plays uh mrs putnam's ankles <laughs> to, to the ankles of the woman in the pool and it was very late at night i love and I'm it like, yeah i, I love it. See it i absolutely love it so who knows but i think i mean and i think i think emily or janine are up for grabs oh yeah i think one but probably not both I agree so that'll be heartbreaking i think either it ends again and but it would be so weird to have this season also end with like, did she get out or no? I don't think it would be that, but I feel like she's not going to give birth until the final episode. Yeah. And I do think whatever, like there's going to be some cliffhangery thing. Oh, no shit. I don't yeah. know that it's like an escapee thing. But also what we haven't seen yet is Fred yelling at Serena if you had shown that girl one ounce of kindness, she never would have left. So maybe she gets out with her baby and Nick dies in the process. I could totally see that. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm also excited exci- because I also have no idea. I don't know. Good job, you guys. Yeah. Sorry for shit talking you a little bit. D Forts, you have a nickname now. We like you. <sighs> Stromboli Bruce Miller. Keep uh, keep picking up those ladies, sir. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everybody else, thanks for staying with us. Thank you for being great fans. And Novite, Teva, Stardes, Carborundorum. Dum 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 dum
bummed. <laughs> don't, don't you hate when you commit to too long of a song? 